Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Hi, I'm Alan Durant, and I'm reading from my new Fiction Express story, The Cape of Bad Hope. Chapter 5 the Cape of Bad Hope. Quick, Nonny, hide! Johan hissed, his usually pale face flushed with urgency. The heavy footsteps were coming closer towards the open trap door. I looked around in panic. Where? I said. The space was small and empty, but Johan pointed up at the ceiling at a sort of recess beside the staircase, masked by a sack of something. In there, quick, he urged me. What about you? I said. They know I'm here, but they may not know you are. Someone shut me in, so I think they do, I said. The footsteps were almost directly above us now. Stop arguing and go, Nonny, Johan hissed again. I ran up the staircase as quickly and quietly as I could and threw myself into the recess, pulling the sack across in front of me. And not a moment too soon. A pair of large booted feet was already on the top step, starting to descend. Soon the whole figure was visible. The truck driver with the red face carrying a rifle. I held my breath as he passed by me, terrified that he'd spot me in my hiding place. But he didn't. When he reached the bottom of the staircase, he lifted the rifle so that it was pointing directly at Johan. I see you got free he said unpleasantly. Did your playmate help you? He glanced around the room, the barrel of the rifle swivelling as he did so. (laughs) You're not so good at tying knots, Johan said defiantly, holding out his unbound hands. I didn't need any help to get these undone. The man snorted. (laughs) Those knots were tight, boy. You must have had help. He walked towards Johan, the rifle barrel raised. Where is she? Johan shrugged. Don't know what you're talking about. He's brave, I thought. I'll give him that. The man lifted the rifle and took aim at Johan. I'll give you till the count of three to tell me. One. Two. He's going to shoot, I thought. My heartbeat going crazy. Three. I used my feet to shove the heavy sack with all my might. It propelled ponderously through the air and slammed into the neck of the truck driver. There was an explosion as the rifle fired a shot. Then he slumped forward and collapsed to the ground. Johan didn't hesitate. In an instant, he was dodging around the fallen man and heading for the staircase. Come on, Nonny, he cried. Let's get out of here. I leapt out of my hiding place onto the steps and we climbed together out of the basement jail and up into the factory laboratory. Once again, my nose was assaulted by the nauseating stink of what I supposed was crocodile oil. That was nice work, Johan said, admiringly. You saved my life. That's what happens when you don't have time to think, I replied, trying not to breathe in. You end up doing stupid things. Ha! Johan laughed. You know you like me, really. As we walked towards the door, I looked around at all the equipment. 
This must be where they make the oil, I said. It is, Johann informed me, nodding towards the trap door. That guy downstairs was the one who kidnapped me, and I think he shot the crocodile too. I read the message on your phone, I told him. You should have told me what you were doing. Uh, you'd have told me not to go, he grinned. You know how boring you are, Nonny. We were almost at the front door when it suddenly creaked open. Inspector Mapimpi, I breathed. The police officer stepped inside, smiled and wiped his forehead with the back of his hand. So, I see you have located your missing friend, he said. I nodded. Yes, he was kidnapped and imprisoned here in a secret room under the floor. The man who kidnapped me is down there now, Johann added, turning towards the trap door. Inspector Mapimpi held up his hand. Wait, he instructed. There's no rush. He cannot go anywhere. He's got a rifle, Johann said agitatedly. Inspector Mapimpi smiled again and put his hand on his holster. I too have a gun, he said. He stared at me quizzically. Who is this man? He's the head of an illegal operation, stealing and killing crocodiles to make oil. They call it croc oil, I said. Then I hesitated, remembering something. You know him. He came to the police station to see you after we reported Johan missing yesterday. Could it really only have been yesterday? He's a big man, with a red face and a bushy grey beard. He seemed upset. Inspector Mapimpi frowned. I don't recall him, but we see so many people, and most of them are upset. He took a large white handkerchief out of his pocket and mopped his brow. There was a clatter behind us, and we turned to see the man we'd just been discussing emerge from the trap door. He raised his, raised his rifle when he saw us. Ag knee, man, you bothersome kids, he exclaimed angrily. I turned towards Inspector Mapimpi. He already had his revolver in his hand. Ah, Mapimpi, the man called. Jeez, you took your time, man. Johan and I looked at each other in confusion for a moment. Then we understood. As the man approached, we looked at Inspector Mapimpi. He smiled broadly and lifted his gun so that it was pointing at us. You're part of the gang, I uttered. The man laughed behind us. <laughs> Inspector Mapimpi's more than that. He's the chief, the brains of the whole operation. And he keeps the police off our backs. So that day at the police station was just an act, I said to the man. He frowned. Nee, <laughs> somebody sent me a note warning me to stop making the oil, and I wanted the inspector to know. Who was it? Johann asked. I'm afraid your curiosity will be the death of you, Inspector Mapimpi replied. His large black pupils had lost all of their mocking humour. They were hard with dark purpose. He waved his gun towards the door. Outside, he ordered, and if you try to escape, I assure you I shall shoot to kill, and my colleague Gerard will do the same. As if to show he meant business, Gerard waved his rifle at us and grinned, revealing a mouth of broken and missing teeth. We walked through the doorway, out into the sunshine. The inspector waved us towards his backy. He opened the back door and gestured to us to get in. No tricks, he insisted. 
so we crawled in and sat on the floor. He slammed the door shut and there was a click as he locked us in. Inspector Mapimpi and Gerard sat in the front, a metal grill separating us, and we drove away with the blue light flashing. Where do you think they're taking us? I whispered. Johan shrugged. I don't know, but I don't like it. No, I agreed. We were caught like rats in a trap, and I had a horrible feeling that our captors had some nasty outcome planned for us. We'd worked out where we were going even before we came to the turning from the main road onto the sandy track that led to the crocodile farm. My spirits lifted a little. Surely Mariana and the others would save us. But I had a sense of unease too as we passed the sign that announced L'Esperance Crocodile Farm. Why was Mapimpi bringing us here? The Bucky came to a stop outside the main farm building and Gerard opened the back door, encouraging us out with his rifle. No funny business, he warned. Inspector Mapimpi also cautioned us. We are going inside, but you will say nothing. If you speak, Gerard will shoot you. Is that understood? Yes, we muttered. Then we followed the inspector inside. Mariana was in the shop, organising the products on the shelves. She turned, her face first amazed, then delighted as she saw us. Nonny! Johan! she exclaimed. She started towards us, but Mapimpi stopped her with a wave of his gun. I am afraid we have had to take these two young people into custody, he said bluntly. Where are your guides? Mariana frowned. Oswald is up at the crocodile enclosure, and Arno drove off a while ago. Hmm, said Mapimpi. He wiped his forehead again with his large white hanky. You will stay here with Gerard. He has orders to shoot. If you try to call anyone or attempt to leave this area. Mariana looked truly astounded, pushing her hair back from her eyes. What? What are you talking about? Madam, you are under arrest, said Mapimpi coldly. I wanted to say something, but I recalled his warning, and I had no doubt that he was a cold-blooded crook who would shoot us, and Mariana too, if we caused any trouble. He nodded at Johan and me to walk ahead of him, back outside. Mapimpi coaxed us to the crocodile enclosure. Oswald saw us and waved, then walked towards us. What's going on, officer? he asked, puzzled. Mapimpi showed his gun. You will do as I say, he murmured. Oswald's face clouded over. Oh, man, I said all you police are scollies, and I see I was right. I suppose you and your gang have been stealing our crocodiles. Mapimpi smiled wickedly. His accomplice shot the croc, Johan said, unable to contain himself. The beast refused to come quietly, said Mapimpi. We had to shoot him. Murderer, Oswald spat bitterly, advancing towards the inspector. Mapimpi raised his gun. That's far enough, he said, and turned to us. You are in the Cape, at the southern tip of Africa. Some call it the Cape of Good Hope, but for you it is the Cape of Bad Hope. His expression hardened. Now you will walk to the railings and climb over. 
your precious crocodiles are hungry. Johan was as pale as a zombie, and I reached out my hand to take his. Walk, the pimpy ordered. We shuffled forward, my legs trembling so much that I thought they'd buckle beneath me before we got to the railings. Climb, shouted Mpimpi, and Johan did. No, cried Oswald, suddenly, and he charged at the inspector. The gun flashed a shot, and the guide stopped and staggered. Clutching his side, he collapsed to the ground. Mpimpi raised his gun to shoot again, but before he could, a voice called out, Halt! Put the gun down, now! They all turned to see Hendricks, holding a pistol, aimed at his partner, Rithano standing behind him. Mpimpi lifted his gun to shoot, but Hendricks was too fast. A shot rang out, and Mpimpi's gun dropped from his hand, which was red with blood from a bullet wound. It's over, Mpimpi, said Hendricks. We have your old gang in custody. I could see police officers down below leading out a handcuffed Gerard. Mpimpi grinned. It's a fair cop, he said. Taking all of us by surprise at his speed, he rushed to the railings and leapt over, sprinting along the concrete walkway that separated the two pools of weedy water. I guessed he was making for the fence at the back of the enclosure, but he didn't get that far. He slipped and fell, and in a flash the crocs were on him, no doubt frenzied by the sight and smell of blood. In seconds their jaws had snapped down on him, and he was dragged struggling beneath the murky water. He should have zigzagged. Johan muttered, and his hand squeezed mine. And that was the last we saw of Inspector Mapimpi. The next day we were sitting on the veranda, looking out over the lake with the beautiful hills in the distance. I was with Johan, waiting for our parents to arrive from Johannesburg. I was remembering that first day when I'd seen this view and thought it was paradise, except for the crocs <laughs> and Johan. We've had quite an adventure, haven't we? said Johan. You can say that again, I agreed. So he did. I rolled my eyes as he grinned. You can laugh, you know, Nonny, he said. He'd said something similar that first day and I'd made a retort to put him down. But things had changed, hadn't they? We'd just shared a near-death experience together, so I returned his smile. I'm going to see if Mariana needs any help, I said. I'm going to find Anna, Johann stated enthusiastically. That guy's a legend. Hmm, I uttered doubtfully. Okay, it was a true he'd fetched Hendrix, and that had basically saved our lives, but, well, he was still a goofy idiot. If anyone was a legend, in my opinion, it was Oswald. He'd risked his life to, to try to save us. Fortunately, the bullet hadn't injured him too badly, and he was expected to make a full recovery in hospital. Mariana wasn't in her office, and I was going to look elsewhere, when my gaze caught sight of something. A piece of paper, poking out from under a pile of invoices. It was the words crocodile that drew my attention. I pulled the paper out to read it, and knew at once what it was. It was a copy of the note that Gerard had talked about, the one warning him to stop making the oil. 
So, Mariana had written it. But what did that mean? Well, it meant that Mariana knew about the oil and who was making it. She knew that Gerard was up to. She knew what Gerard was up to before we saw the croc oil in his truck, because she'd already sent him the note. But she pretended she'd only just found out, as I had. And that made me wonder, what else she'd already known. Nonny, Mariana stood in the doorway, frowning. I flipped the paper and held it up for her to see. Ah. She murmured. You knew, I said simply. She looked at me sadly. I'm sorry, Nonny. I wanted to stop them, stop them taking the crocodiles to make their wretched oil. I thought the note might stop them, but I didn't know they had police backing. They took Johan to put pressure on me. They said they'd kill Johan if I didn't go along with their plans. You knew about the crocodiles disappearing. She nodded. I didn't know Oswald would be so thorough. She sighed. I should have known better. He's not sloppy like Arna. Arna? Arna is responsible for the counting, usually. Of course he was, I thought. I took out my phone and dialed the number I'd been given the day before. The call was answered. Yes, said a man's voice. Officer Hendricks. Yeah, Hendricks here. It's Nonny. Can you come out to the farm at once? Ten minutes later, two police cars with blue lights flashing arrived at the farm. I spoke to Hendricks. He waved a couple of men over to the car park, while he and another officer followed me to the crocodile enclosure. Arno was there, laughing with Johan. His laughter vanished when he saw the police officers. Arno van Wyck said Hendricks. I am arresting you on the charge of involvement in the illegal manufacture of crocodile oil and a further charge of the willful mistreatment and murder of animals in your care. The other officer handcuffed Arno and led him away. As he passed Hendricks, Arno said, What about that hypocrite, Mariana? She's involved too, you know. Are you going to arrest her? What's going on, Nonny? Johan asked, bewildered. I'd always suspected Arno had something to do with the crocodile oil, I told Johan later. Ever since that first night, when I'd heard the argument in Mariana's chalet, and he'd stormed out. He'd given me the lift to the factory, to keep an eye on me, and, no doubt, as soon as he'd seen me walk down the side, he'd driven back, locked me in, then told Mpimpi and Gerard that I was trapped there. He'd brought... Hendricks to the rescue the day before to make it look like he was innocent in case Mapimpi or Gerard tried to denounce him and with them out of the way once an interval of maybe a month or two had passed he could carry on his business except now he couldn't because he was going to jail good riddance I thought what about Mariana Johan pondered Hopefully the authorities will be understanding, I said. She did try to stand up to the gang. Johan shook his head. Jeez, you're bright, Nonny, he said with admiration. Then he spoilt it by grinning like an ape as he added, For a girl.
I sighed. I used to think you had the brains of a baboon, Johan. But now I realise that's an insult to baboons. And we're back where we started, I thought, as a taxi pulled up at the entrance and my mum and Johan's mum got out smiling to take us home. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today.